If you'll stand with us tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 18, and uh, we won't be long, just a few moments tonight, and preach what we feel like the Lord's laid upon our heart, 1 Samuel chapter 18, and uh, we begin reading tonight here in verse number 12, 1 Samuel 18 and verse number 12. The Bible says, And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Verse number 15. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. And Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter Merib, her will I give thee to wife, only be thou valiant for me, and fight for the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life for my father's family in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king? And it came to pass at the time when Merib, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Melophite, to wife. Let's go to God in prayer and then you can be seated. Our Father, we bow in your presence once again tonight. We want to thank you for the good singing. Thank you for your presence, Lord, in this service. God, I pray that you give us liberty and help us to preach. I know that God within us dwelleth no good thing and that all of our righteousness is filthy rags. Lord, we need you tonight. We need more than just to be able to stand, but we need your touch. I pray that you'd fill us with the power of God For the glory of God, may we preach to edify the church and magnify your name. I pray that you would speak to every heart. Bless the invitation hour. May you get glory out of everything that will be said and done. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you for what you do in this service tonight. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number number 18 tonight. But before we do that, I want to just notice some things concerning David. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, I want you to see in verse number 12 the fear that's toward David as the Bible said that Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Now the fear that Saul had toward David, when you think about it, Saul was much stronger of a man, much bigger of a man, but yet he had fear toward David, this young teenage boy, simply because that the Spirit of God had left Saul and was now with David. I want to stop and say this, that any time... Uh, that you and I begin to backslide on God, one of the signs of that is insecurity. Amen? And Saul is feeling a lot of insecurity because he's trying to be king without the help of God. I don't care if a man is head and shoulders above everybody else. He's just a man. And every one of us has fear in our heart. And the only thing that ultimately that overcomes fear in our life is our faith. And when we have our confidence and we have our faith in God, then we don't live and we're not a slave to fear. But Saul is not living by faith. He's living by the flesh and the flesh will produce fear every time. And so I see the fear that's toward David. But then in the next verse, I see in verse number 13 the faithfulness of David. As the Bible says in the latter part that he went out and he came in before the people. And it's important tonight to note that David is just simply doing what he has been asked to do. He's not trying to do anything more. He's not trying to do anything less. But David is simply just coming and going and serving God 
God, as God has positioned him and as God has blessed him. But David is not trying to be anything that he's not supposed to be. You know, a lot of times in life, that's when we get in trouble, is when we try to fulfill other expectations in life rather than be what God has just simply called us and what he has placed us to do. And so I see the faithfulness of David, the fear that's toward David. But I notice in verse number 14, the favor of David. As the Bible said that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and notice this, and the Lord was with him. Now that is the greatest thing that could be said about any of us tonight, is that the Lord is with us. Brother, I want the blessings, and I want the favor of God in my life. It really doesn't matter what path God chooses for us. It doesn't matter if it's a successful path, uh, or if in the eyes of the world or other people it's not successful. The one thing that we should desire the most in our life is have the has to have the approval or the favor of God. You say, preacher, why is that so important? Because with God's favor comes God's blessing. Amen? And when a man doesn't have God's favor, when he doesn't have God's approval, then he doesn't have God's blessing in his life. And we see that in Saul's life. He had the kingdom. Saul had all the prestige. He had all the popularity that a man could want, but he didn't have the blessings of God in his life. And I see the favor of David. Then in verse number 15, I see here the focus of David. The Bible says, Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Notice that David is still behaving himself wisely. Through all that he has went through and everything that he has faced, David has still got his focus on just doing what God has called him to do. You know what the devil wants to do to us tonight? He wants to distract us and get us off focus. Amen? He wants us to get our attention on somebody else or something else so that we're not doing what God has called us to do. If you're, a, if you're a mother, if you're a wife, if you're a housewife tonight, then you just need to be focused on raising those children and being a godly mother and doing what God has called you to do. If you're a husband that works a blue-collar job or whatever job you've got, you're listen, get up on Monday morning and go to work with a song in your heart and a spring in your step and be focused on being the man that God has called you to be, the leader of your home, the, the listen, the husband to your wife, uh, the, the, the breadwinner that God has called you. Just keep your focus in life. Amen. Uh, so many times, even in pastoring a church, if you're not careful, you can start chasing things that really don't matter. And you just got to stay focused. You Even when people drop by the wayside or when people get out of the will of God, when they leave the church, you cannot focus on those that, though you may be brokenhearted and you may be disheartened and saddened and you don't give up praying for them, but there's still a flock to be focused on. There's still a job that has to be done. I wish everybody would go with us, don't you? But if they don't, we must keep going on for the glory of God and do what God has called us to do. And I see here the focus of David. But notice something else in verse number 16. I want you to see the fame of David. As the Bible said, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Now David is probably at this time the most famous man in all of Israel and Judah. I mean, listen, his popularity has went from, he has went from being a sheep, a, a, a keeper of a few sheep to now David is one of the, the most, if not the most popular man in all of Israel. But you know 
what David did? He did not let that popularity get the best of him. He didn't let the fame of others, uh, uh, listen, lead him in the wrong direction. I'm going to tell you something about fame and popularity. It's only for a season. Amen? You see, tonight, if you and I base our life on fame and on what people think of us and popularity, then listen, I'm going to tell you, that's only going to be for a season, friend. If you don't believe that, look at the world system tonight. A man can break a record playing baseball and be the most famous man in baseball for a little while. And his fame is gone. When his career is over with, it's almost as if he is forgotten unless he surfaces again for some special event or some, some, some occasion. But oftentimes fame is short-lived only for someone else to come along and to take his place. And that's where popular, that's the way popularity and fame is. And men strive to be popular. Men strive to be famous. For what reason? It's just here today and it's gone tomorrow. Isn't that right? And David did not let the popularity of people, uh, listen, uh, elevate him to a status that he was not supposed to be in. And I see here the fame of David. Then in verse number 17, I see the female that's for David. As Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter Mirab, her will I give thee to wife. You know what I wrote beside this verse here? Saul is a type of the flesh. And Saul is offering David one of his daughters. Can I tell you something tonight, young people? The flesh will always offer you the wrong woman every time. You know what this is? David promises this woman, or Saul promises this woman to David. But guess what? Two verses later, Saul doesn't deliver on that promise. Do you know the flesh will promise you a lot of things tonight, but the flesh will never keep its promise? The flesh will promise you peace. The flesh will promise you joy. It'll promise you a lot of happiness if you'll just do this. Hey, listen, don't fight, don't marry someone, whether it be a woman or whether it be a man. Don't marry someone based off the flesh. Amen? I'm telling you, listen, marriage ought to be uh, built and centered around the will of God, not off lust. Amen? Not off some, some fleshly desire. And I know that God gives us desires as men and women and thank God that he gives us the right kind of desires but we have to be careful whenever we build a relationship off the flesh you mark it down it's going to fail every single time and so he makes him this offer and in verse number 16 or verse number 17 look what he says to David I'll give you this wife if you'll be valiant and fight for me the Lord's battle notice what Saul said remember Saul's a type of the flesh Saul said let not my hand be upon him but let the hand of the Philistine be upon him now Saul's a type of the flesh and the Philistines is a type of the world and you know what Saul is doing here Saul is simply trying to use the flesh to destroy David's life or the, the world right the Philistines. And do you know that's what the flesh will do? The flesh wants to destroy us as much as the, as the devil does tonight. The flesh will use the world system tonight to destroy us and my friend to reap havoc in our life. Saul said, I don't want to destroy him. I don't want to be guilty of that. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll set him in the midst of the battle and make him think he's fighting the Lord's battle. And eventually one of these Philistines is going to take him down. Can I tell you that's what the, the, the flesh wants to do tonight? It'll cause you to crave this world. It'll cause you to hunger for this world. And you may be here tonight and say, well, I don't really have that craving. Hey, you may not have it right now, friend, but it's in every one of us tonight. This world is ingrained in our system. And so the flesh will use the world to destroy us if we're not careful. But I want you to see verse number 18, our text tonight. The Bible says that David said unto Saul, who am I? I'm preaching tonight on this subject on understanding your identity. 
Understanding your identity. You see, through everything that David had been through, David never lost sight of who he was. And when you think about where David is at tonight, think about both the positive and the negatives that David has faced already in his life. David faced the negative things of his own brothers telling him that he was just there to spy on them and to see what his own brothers tried to deter him from the will of God. Brethren will sometimes stand in your way of serving God. And so if that was not enough, Saul rises up when David is finally wanting to do something for for God. Saul rises up and says, David, you're not able to kill Goliath. And so there's Saul to try to discourage him. And just one thing after another, David steps out on the battle and Goliath steps out and Goliath does everything in his vocabulary to try to put fear in the heart of David. David has faced a lot of negative things in life. Saul throws a javelin at him. He tries to kill him. All of these things uh, is being used against David for just trying to do what is right. Do you know there's another side of that coin tonight? If the devil can't get you out of the will of God by discouragement, you know what he'll use? He'll use the good things in life. You flip that thing around and you think about where David's at. David has just killed a giant. David has just won a victory for Israel. David has stood before the presence of the king and got his approval. He's made, an, uh, he's made a, a covenant with the king's son. David is hearing people sing his praises in the streets of, 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 of Israel and Judah. David has become the most famous man. If David is not careful, though discouragement may not have got him, if he's not real careful, he'll let the victories and the, the prosperity and the good things that God has done in his life take him down just as quick as discouragement. And can I tell you, friend, if you and I are not careful, sometimes the devil gets us by discouragement, but sometimes when he knows discouragement won't get us, guess what? He'll come on the backside and he'll pump our ego up. He'll pump up, listen, our pro- uh, the things that we have accomplished in life. He'll Listen, he'll bring our victories and put them before us. Uh, and listen, he'll dangle those things in front of us uh, and get us to thinking more of ourselves than what we really should have. And what David does in verse number 8, is he gives Saul a series of questions here and ultimately what happens is David says to Saul Saul I don't know what you're thinking and you may want me to be your son-in-law but do you really understand who I am and boy there's a message in that tonight because David never lost sight of who he was he understood who he was at all times you see tonight the best of them have crashed and burned some because they gave up and quit in discouragement And others because they got too full of themselves and thought they could make it in their own strength. I'm telling you, in this church, we have witnessed people just throw the white flag up and quit and get out of the will of God in church and watch their whole lives go upside down. But on the other side, we have seen people thought that they were going to leave and step out and do even greater things for God. And listen, they let, they let, they let pride and they let who they were, who they, who they thought they were get in the way, only to find out when they fell, they fell hard. And my friend, the, 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 all, the, the awful reality came to them that they're not near as strong as what they think they are. I'm telling you in verse number 18, I see David's lowliness as David says, who am I? He talks about his life 
as he said, what is my life? David said, I'm nothing. He even talks about his lineage as he tells him. He said, Saul. He said, I'm, he said, you know who my father's family is in Israel? He said, we're not anything of any prestige or of anything like that. And David even knew who his Lord was. Even though David had been anointed the king, David knew who uh, uh, Saul was. And he said, he said, Saul, he said, do you know, uh, you know who I am? I'm really nothing tonight. You know, the Bible said if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. The only way I can really have victory in my Christian life is I have to really understand my identity. I have to really understand who I am tonight. And see, what this reveals is it reveals the, 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 the humility of David. You say, Brother Gravely, I, don't, I want to win a victory for God. I want to serve God. I want to be all that God wants me to be. I'm telling you, if you want to be blessed, if you want to live a victorious life, if you want God's hand on your life, then now listen, the message is real simple tonight. Stay humble before thy God. Amen. Tonight, if you want God's blessing as a husband, stay humble. As a wife, as young people tonight, you young people listen to me, don't let one ounce of pride harbor in your heart. Deal with pride. Keep yourself tender. Don't talk about other people. Don't look down on other people. See yourself for who you really are. Don't focus on the faults and the mistakes of others. Look at your own self. Keep yourself in the mirror of God's Word, under God's microscope. Understand tonight that without God's help, you'll surely fall, and I'll surely fall tonight. It doesn't matter how many sermons we preached or how many songs we have sung or how much God has used us. I'm telling you, friend, we're wrapped up in clay tonight that is fallen and that is broken and outside the grace of God we're no match for the devil we're not even no match for ourselves tonight I'm telling you if you are going to live for God and be a victorious Christian you've got to understand your identity that you're not as strong as the devil wants you to think you are that you're not as big and you're not as blessed and you're not as important as sometimes the flesh will pump you up tonight God doesn't need any of us amen God don't need me tonight but I'm glad he uses me I'm telling you tonight, God, I'm not important to, to heaven's status. And I know I'm important to the heart of God because He loves us. But heaven didn't gain anything by getting me tonight. The church didn't gain anything by me getting saved. I'm telling you too many times, I, listen, we, we, we fail because we, we forget to just humble ourselves. As I mentioned this morning, most of the prayers that God hears in our life is when we become desperate. And the reason that is is because desperation always brings humility in our life. It shows us our weakness. It shows our, our inabilities. And through all the victories that David had won, through all the fame and the people that was chanting his name, he still kept his humility. You see, tonight it revealed the humility of David. Not only do these questions reveal the humility of David, but notice this tonight, it reveals the heart of David. You want to know what kind of a heart David has? Look in this verse. He says, what is my life? You know what David is saying tonight? He's saying, Saul, what have I ever done to deserve to be a part of your family? Now, had the flesh been talking, David would have said, Brother Ronnie, well, yeah, I'll take that woman. Number one, she's pretty. And number two, I just killed a giant, so I believe I'm worthy of her. But it's not what he said. David said, Saul, why would you want me? What is my life? You see, one of the greatest chapters in David's life is chapter 17. 
And David comes out of it, Brother Laddie, and he's not, though others are singing his praise, David is not saying anything about Goliath. David is not saying anything about the people praising him. David does not have his chest pooched out. David still has a heart for God, and that heart is just to be, just to serve God. He doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to be noticed. He just wants to be pleasing in the eyes of God. You know, if you serve God, you've got to learn to do it without any pats on the back without any recognition, without any praise. Sometimes when we don't get what we think we deserve, we'll feel sorry for ourselves. But I tell you, God keeps a record tonight. God knows. I think the things that we're going to be rewarded for in eternity are the things that will be unrecognized down here. In other words, it won't be those things that we put titles and those things that, that we put uh, uh, rewards upon down here amongst ourselves. And I think to a certain degree we should give honor where honor is due. And we should recognize people. And we should be an encouragement one to another. And the Bible teaches that. But I remind you tonight that there are the things that God will reward us for and the things that will not burn up at the judgment seat of Christ are going to be measured on our faithfulness, not our fame and not our popularity. Amen? I'm telling you, there are people in this church that have, listen, they serve on a weekly basis and they're unnoticed and they're not they're not ever going to get any pat on the back. They're not ever going to get any real recognition. But you mark it down, you've not done one thing that's ever been in vain. Paul said that be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hey, the Bible says you couldn't offer a cup of water to somebody that what it won't be recognized and will not be rewarded in that great and glorious day. Amen. You see, tonight, David understood who he was and you see his heart, you see his humility. I want to say tonight, you also see here not only the the heart of David and the humility of David, but the honor of David. As David says to Saul in this verse of Scripture, verse number 18, he said that I should be the son-in-law to the king. David is still honoring Saul. Now stop and think about this tonight. That's amazing that David would be honoring Saul in verse number 18 when in verse number 10 Saul tried to kill him. Saul threw a javelin at David, not once but twice. Saul is quickly becoming David's uh, friend to now he's becoming his enemy. But David is not focused on this king. David's got his focus on another king. David is looking past Saul and he's got his eyes on Jesus. He's got his eyes on the Lord. And Saul can throw javelins at David all day long, but he's just going to come back and keep on honoring him. He's just going to come back and keep on being good to him. You know what real Christians will do? Real Christians will be good to those Christians that are not that good, even and no matter how they treat them. You know, a backslid saint may not speak to you. They may not shake your hand. They may not acknowledge you. You say, that don't happen in church. Oh, it happens more than you think it does. But real spirit-filled people go beyond that. You know, there's going to be people that's going to talk about you. They're going to criticize you. They're even going to say things about you. But a spiritual saint, a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit, goes beyond the javelin and honors where honor is due. They love people not because of them, but in spite of them. 
You might be here tonight and say, well, that person is, is so hard to love. They, they make it so hard for me to, to love them, but it's really not that hard. When you think about who you were, David said, who am I? When you understand your identity. Hey, when I think about what I did to Jesus what, at the cross of Calvary, when I think about who I am, but yet God loves me in spite of me, it makes it a whole lot easier to love other people because no one has ever done anything to me any greater than what I did to him at the cross. Uh, my my sins nailed him to the cross uh, and he loves me just like you sung that song tonight. As small as I am, he loves me in spite of myself. And so when I see the love of God, how unconditional it is, uh, how enormous and how miraculous and how wonderful it is, uh, it sure makes it easier to love other people. I probably used this illustration. I've used it. I don't know if I've ever used it here. But I remember one time standing over there and shaking a hand, and I remember a lady passing by, and, and Brother David, I, I made somebody mad. Can you believe I made somebody mad? I can't believe that. And I made this woman mad, and I didn't even know I made her mad. And she come by, and she didn't shake my hand. And that, that was a little foyer over there. Can I get a witness right there? And I'm standing there with my hand out, and she walked past me, and I thought, now there's no way that she saw my hand and just walked right past it. Because, I mean, this is a spirit-filled woman. She was filled with spirit, I'm going to tell you that much. It wasn't the Holy Spirit neither. And so I went home, and boy, the devil played that in my mind all afternoon. And I thought, I ought to ask her. And I thought, nah, you know what? Maybe she just had something on her mind. Came back to the next service, she did it again. And I'm now, by this time, I'm mad. I'm thinking, bless Pat, I'm going to pray fire down on your house is what I'm going to do. And a thousand warts on your nose. <laughs> you know what? I come back Wednesday night. She didn't shake my hand again. And for five years, she didn't shake my hand. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't do a whole lot of praying, the flesh should get involved in that. And I'm not going to tell you my flesh didn't get involved. But God used that in my life. In fact, if I could see that woman tonight, I would shake her hand for not shaking my hand for five years. I would. I'd shake her hand and say, I want to thank you for not shaking my hand for five years. I'm glad you stayed mad at me that long. You know why? Because it taught me a valuable lesson. That it's not about how people treat you. It's how you treat them. Jesus looked at Judas and he called him a friend. Judas was not a friend. Judas was a betrayer, a deceiver, a liar, a cheater. He was a devil, the Bible says. And Jesus said he was his friend. How is that even possible? I'm going to tell you how it's possible. Because in the eyes of Jesus, friendship was not based on what the person on the other end did to him. It was how he treated them. And I want to tell you, Christian friendship is not based on how good you are to me and what a blessing you are to me. Friendship in the eyes of Jesus. He said one day they're going to ask Him, where did you get those wounds? And Christ is going to say, in the house of my friends. Amen. That's where He got those wounds. That Jesus called the very people that put Him on the cross and crucified Him and beat Him and spit on Him and pierced Him. He called them His friends. How could the Lord do that? Because just like David, Jesus understood 
understood his identity. He knew who he was. He knew what the will of God was in his life. And it wasn't about the circumstances. It wasn't about the people surrounding him. It was just about getting up every day and being focused and being obedient in the will of God for his life. So you'll live a miserable life tonight if you spend your days based on how people around you treat you. You're going to have highs and lows, man. I'm telling you, when people's good to you, when Christmas time rolls around, you're going to be soaring high. But when you go to work on Monday morning after a long vacation, you're going to be brought back down to the depths. You can't let, you can't let the job, you, you, can't let, you can't let people at school, you can't let people you work around affect you. You've got to understand who you are. And this life is not about you and everybody that you come in contact with. Life is about me and the Lord and serving God and doing the will of God. And David said, who am I, Saul? He said, I'm nothing tonight. David saw himself as nothing. And it was easy to honor a man that was trying to dishonor him. Because David kept his focus on the Lord tonight. I wonder as we stand and as we prepare a song. Brother Laddie, I, I, when I was, God gave me this message, I, I got to thinking about preachers. And we've all seen this. We've seen preachers try to imitate other preachers. That's an individual that's never really found out who they are and what God wants to do with them. And I've seen Christians, and we we could go on and on and on. But you know what a child does? A child imitates other people. You know why a child does that? Because a child has not yet learned who they really are. And I'm going to tell you, when you you grow spiritually, when you grow in the Lord, you'll understand. You understand. You come to the place where you realize, this is about me and God. It's about me having a right relationship with Him at all times. And if my relationship with the Lord's right, my relationship with everybody around me can be right too. Even when they're throwing javelins at you, you can still have a right relationship if it's right with God. Our heads are bowed as they prepare this song. If you need to come tonight, you obey God. But I wonder tonight, the desire of our hearts should be this. God, I want to be the Christian you want me to be. Not what others think I need to be. Not even what I desire to be. God, I want to be what you want me. Make me more like you, Lord. Help me to be the Christian that you want me to be. Help me to understand my place, the will of God in my life and for my life. Help me just to be content doing what you've called me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just hand in hand with Jesus. While Brother David sings this song tonight, you be obedient to God.